Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about Medicare basics is John Norse. John is the founder of Medicare Portal, with over 31 years in the insurance industry. During this time, he has assisted thousands of clients with their Medicare experience, from education, to enrollment, to lifetime policy support. John remains highly active in the insurance industry by serving on the boards of two local insurance associations. Additionally, John is a certified continuing education instructor, providing courses on Medicare to his fellow agents. Thank you for being here today, John. How are you? Good, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So before we get started, John, just a little bit of housekeeping. Anybody has any questions, put those in, um, and we will do everything in our powers, uh, time permitting at the end to get those questions answered. So, John, Medicare basics. Yep, let's get started. Well, again, thanks for having me, Jason. John Norse, just to give you a background on, on what our role is here, uh, my office, my company is an insurance agency, and why that's important is because the products that complement Medicare are insurance products underwritten by insurance companies. So I have to be a licensed agent in order to provide those solutions to our customers. Also worth pointing out is that we cost you nothing we are compensated by insurance companies. So there's no impact on your fees, your premiums, nothing. We will not charge you a dime to serve your policies and help you understand Medicare. The goal today is that you will increase your knowledge of Medicare. So whether you're somewhat new to Medicare or you feel like your IQ with Medicare is more advanced, hopefully you'll get a lot out of today to answer your questions regarding really the basic things that you need to know to be successful in enrolling into Medicare. So with that, Chase, we can get rolling. Yes, sir. So people that know me like to know we have like to have a little fun. This is a quote from uh, management guru Tom Peters that if you're not confused, you're not paying attention. We feel like today if you are confused, that's okay. We're going to demystify <laughs> Medicare for you today. I promise you that. <laughs> that's good. Our first slide here is just simply for those that may be unfamiliar with Medicare. Medicare is a federal program. It was started in 1966. The first ever recipient of Medicare was President Truman. Medicare is a health insurance program. It's consisted of two parts, A and B, in 1966. During my presentation, you'll hear me refer to that as original Medicare. So original Medicare is A and B, 1966. Uh, part C, which we'll discuss today, was started in 1997, and then which is Medicare Advantage, and then Part D, which is the prescription drug program that started in 2006 under the Bush administration. So those are kind of the core components, A, B, C, D of Medicare, and you'll see in a minute we're going to break those down so you understand that. So it's obviously important if you're on this call or you're watching this video to understand if you are eligible. So these are the criteria that CMS, Center for Medicare and Medicare, Medicare and Medicaid Services, has set out that you have to be a U.S. citizen or legal resident. If you're a legal resident, you must be in here in America at least five years consecutive to turning 65 or enrolling in the program. If you're under 65, you would have to have a qualifying disability. And then uh, if you are diagnosed with end-stage renal disease or Lou Gehrig's disease, you can also qualify at any age technically. But for conversation here, under 65, that would be very relevant. So I show this up front to help people kind of start shaping the way you're going to approach Medicare. And really the key component of this slide is that you understand there's two options for most of us. 
um, excluding people that are on TRICARE or VA benefits or may have some kind of employer benefits or FEHB, Federal Employee Health Plans, you're going to look a little different than this, but for the standard individual that's outside of those benefits, you're going to ultimately have two decisions. So again, I'm going to repeat that term, original Medicare. On the left-hand side of your screen in red, you'll see the word uh, under original Medicare. So A and B would be your primary payer of claims. So the government would process all your claims and you would see providers that were with Medicare contracts. You would also purchase a Medicare supplement as we'll talk about to cover the gaps in your Medicare because Medicare, for those that aren't aware, doesn't cover everything. And then you would purchase a prescription drug plan to complete your, in a sense, medical needs. A and B, your primary payer of medical claims, your supplement, your secondary, and then a prescription drug plan is your third component. So in a sense, you have three ID cards. We like to explain it. On the right-hand side in the blue box is Medicare Advantage, also known as Medicare Part C. That is going to be a plan operated by a private insurance company that will be all-inclusive of parts A, B, and D. So rather than having three ID cards, now you'll work under the umbrella of one insurance company that has made all those benefits available to you. And it's also important to note that if you enroll in Medicare Advantage, you have to continue to pay your Part B premiums and that you are aware of the fact that the insurance company now is going to make the care available and typically it's being under an HMO type of design and we'll talk more about that in a second. So this is what original Medicare looks like. So as I was saying, if you enroll in A, uh, Medicare A and B through the government and want that to be your primary payer of claims, just for a quick highlight here under Part A, we refer to it as hospital. So mm -hmm. under Part A, it's going to cover your inpatient hospital, skilled nursing, hospice and home health care. Pretty straightforward. There's no premium for those of us that have worked for either 10 years or 40 quarters, or if your spouse has worked for 10 years or 40 quarters, you would receive Part A benefits at no premium. Part B, we call doctor or medical services. This is going to be the part of Medicare that we more commonly use. So it's going to be things like doctor visits, MRIs, CAT scans, labs, x-rays, outpatient procedures. As you see, there's a list here, preventive exams. That's going to be under Part B. Part B is technically optional because there is a premium associated with that. And we'll discuss that later, but it is impacted by your income. So A and B, original Medicare, and then by adding a Part D plan, you would add your prescription drug plan. And again, under the Part D program, it's operated by private insurance companies. So it's called a standalone plan. And this uh, solution, you don't have to buy it. But again, we'll talk about it later. If you don't enroll in Part B or Part D on time, you face lifetime penalties. So it's important you understand when to enroll, which we'll talk about. But understand the Part D program will operate with retail pharmacies, mail order pharmacies. Any pharmacy in the country will uh, provide you your prescriptions. There are some unique features to the companies that provide them. But for conversation and time, understand that Part D would resolve your prescription drug needs. So what's a Medigap or Medicare supplement? So Medigap or Medicare supplement is a product underwritten by private insurance companies that works as a secondary payor to Medicare. So if I'm on original Medicare Part A and B and I visit a doctor, that provider would bill Medicare A and B first, 
And then Medicare, knowing that I had a supplement, would forward that claim to the supplemental company who would pay second. And then after the supplement pays, should I be responsible for any portion of that bill, that bill would come to me and I would pay it. So the Medigap serves as a secondary payer. Where does this help? For example, Part A, if you went in the hospital uh, this year, the deductible for a hospital stay for one to 60 days is $1,408 if you had no Medigap plan. If you have a Medigap plan, you would then have that $1,408 paid by your Medigap plan. Uh, for Part B, most people know that it's an 80-20 split, approximately 80-20. The government would pay 80. The Medigap policy where uh, allowable would pay the 20%. Again, that 80-20 is not exactly perfect, but again, it gives you an idea of how Medigap would work. Um, whether you buy a Medigap plan, whatever letter you buy, so today a common letter is plan G. No matter what company you buy your Plan G from, the benefits are exactly the same. It's a standardized program, as we like to call it. There should be, yep. You must have Medicare Part A and B to enroll in Medigap. You can't have one or the other, so you have to continue to pay your Part B premium. So this completes, in a sense, your original Medicare A, B, D with a Medigap plan. Last thing I'll add is that it is a premium paid to a private insurance company. You do have guaranteed issue rights when you turn 65 or when you enroll under what's called the special enrollment period working past 65. There's no medical underwriting for a supplement if you apply during what's called your Medicare supplement open enrollment period. Uh, Medicare supplement plans, just so you know, can vary based on your age, gender, and where you live. So this is Medicare Advantage Part C. The plan C includes all your A, B, and D benefits like I alluded to earlier. Not only will Medicare Advantage provide benefits equal to Medicare, it will also oftentimes give you added benefits, things like dental, vision, hearing, a gym membership, transportation, a 24-hour nurse line, what's called over-the-counter benefits where they'll provide you an amount of money to each month to purchase over-the-counter products such as vitamins and supplements and Anything relating to your health, there's usually a restrictive list on it, but it's an added benefit to you under Medicare Advantage. So Medicare Advantage is an all-in-one, one, one ID card coordinated with an insurance company to manage all your care. One thing worth pointing out that's important about Medicare versus Medicare Advantage is on original Medicare, technically there's no spending limit. So while the Medicare supplement could pay 20%, they still can't actually tell you there's a spending limit. On Medicare Advantage, they will put a spending limit. The maximum you could spend out of pocket in a year is 6,700. Now plans can offer a lower amount than that, but it's important that you understand that there is an out of pocket maximum on a Medicare Advantage plan is one of the differences between original Medicare and Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage. If you are turning 65 and know that you're going to go on Medicare, for whatever reason, whether you're retired, your employer doesn't provide benefits, you're voluntarily going on Medicare, even if your employer does provide benefits, it's important to know what your initial enrollment period is. This is a seven-month window that surrounds your 65th birthday. So I'm a September birthday, so the months of June, July, and August, I can apply, and I would start on September 1st for my initial enrollment period. That's what's called doing it on time. If I miss September 1st for whatever reason and don't get my paperwork in or application into CMS or Social Security, 
I would wait now till October 1st to start my benefits. So in a sense, if I had no other health insurance at 65, and you know, my birth month, I went 30 days in a sense without Part B Medicare. Well, that means I have no one to pay my claims. And if I missed the month of September and I wait till October, now I would have to wait two months, October and November, to start in December. So now I've gone three months without Part B. I cannot emphasize enough during this presentation the importance of knowing your IEP and knowing what you should do. Now, if you're not on Social Security, you have to apply for A and B. You can do it online. You can do it over the phone. You can technically do it through the mail. Uh, you used to be able to go to SSA offices. They're closed right now. If they reopen, you can do it there. But you have to take an active part. They will not mail you your card. If you're on Social Security or railroad benefits currently, they will send you your red, white, and blue Medicare card approximately three months before your 65th birth month. So in my situation, I would get a red, white, and blue card approximately in June, early June more than likely, so that I have plenty of time to know that I'm going to start my Medicare on September 1st and that if I wanted to roll in a supplement, a prescription plan, or Medicare Advantage, that I would have ample time to do this. Now, I will talk about in a minute, if you're working past 65, you still have to address potentially things here or you have an option to. But again, if you're going on Medicare, make sure you know your IEP. Now, our website, medicareportal.org, has an IEP calculator. So if you're not sure when your IEP is, go to our website, put in your birth date, and it will tell you the length of your IEP, the seven month, when it starts and when it finishes. Again. I want to make sure I emphasize, make sure if you're going to go on Medicare, you start early and prepare at least 90 days prior to your birth month so you don't, again, you'll see not only delays in coverage, but there are penalties that we'll talk about here in a second. So if I were to miss my IEP, so again, using September as my birth month and my IEP lasting till December, if I miss that and I waited a whole year to try to get on Medicare, for every 12-month window that Medicare calculates from September, I would pay a 10% penalty of the Part B premium for the rest of my life. So today it's a 144.60 premium. That's the base premium. I would pay $14.46 every month for the year, this year if I was facing a 10% penalty. If next year I didn't enroll, say it was a 20% or 30%, Whatever you end up getting as a penalty will follow you for the rest of your life. It's not, a, it's not a good idea to put yourself in this situation because if you do miss your IEP, there's what's called a general enrollment period that starts in, in January of every year and goes through March, but you wouldn't start your benefits till July. So if I missed my entire IEP and enrolled in January, I still wouldn't start till July. So that means I've went almost... 10 months without health insurance technically. So again, I can't continue to emphasize enough, know your IEP. Now, if you have a special enrollment period, which typically for this conversation is around someone working past 65, you would not have to enroll in Part B at 65, nor would you face a 10% penalty if you continue to work past 65. So understand that if you are working for an employer, you can delay your enrollment, However, if you're not in that situation, understand that you should take action during your IEP. 
The Part D also is calculated around that seven-month enrollment window. If you fail to enroll in that window, while it's calculated differently, as you see here, you pay a 1% penalty for each month that you went without. There's also delays in enrollment in that the only time you can add prescription drug coverage is during what's called the annual election period which runs October 15th from December to December 7th every year. Mm -hmm. So if I missed mine by December, I would have to wait till the next October to apply for Part D. I start next January. I would have gone all 12 months of next year plus four months of this year. I'd pay 16% penalty of what's called the National Benefit Premium Average, which is approximately $32. So I would pay, for conversation's sake, $5 a month in penalties the rest of my life because I didn't enroll in time for my Part D plan. Because I want to um, uh, emphasize to you that if you are a higher income earner, whether you filed individually or joint or married, single, you will pay more for your Medicare based on your income. These are numbers that the government provides. They're non-negotiable. They're based on a two-year look back on what's called your MAGI, your Modified Adjusted Gross Income. So for 2020, if you're on Medicare right now or going to be aging and starting Medicare, your Part B premium would be calculated on your 2018 tax return. So if I'm single, I can make up to $87,000 and I would pay just the $144,60. However, if I made, say, just a round number of $100,000, I would have another $57,80 added to my premium or now I'm paying $202. Now, this number adjusts every year. So if I retire now and enroll in Medicare and I made 100,000, but in 2019 I made 50,000, when 2020, 2021 comes around, my premium would drop back to the base premium. And then if the next year, two years from now, in 2020 though, I made a million dollars, when I get to 2022, I would pay the maximum on the chart. The point I'm trying to make clear to you is that this number will change year to year and that you also have the ability to appeal your Part B IRMA and Part D IRMA. Now, I don't have the Part D IRMA up here for time, but what's important for you to understand is that there is also an adjustment for your Part D premiums based on your income. Now, the Part D, to make clear, you would pay a premium to be on your Part D plan to actually receive the benefits and that you would pay a separate premium or adjustment to the federal government for that IRMA, what's called IRMA charge. So IRMA, for I skipped it, is income-related monthly adjustment amount, I-R-M-A-A. So again, it impacts B and D, but for time's sake here, here's the B chart. And if you do want these charts, you can email me afterwards or contact our office. We can make those available to you, and we can help you with your calculations. So working past 65, which I alluded to just a few slides ago. So for those on the call here that are going to work past 65, the most important thing you understand is that your decision at 65 is impacted by your employer size. So if I'm self-employed or Jason and I are just a small company and we have four or five employees, Medicare views our enrollment in Medicare as being highly recommended because they think that Medicare should be your primary payer of claims. So in order to have a primary payer of claims, I would have to enroll in my IEP in Medicare A and B. Now, 
There could be circumstances where your employer could continue to provide health insurance to be that secondary payer of like as a Medigap would work or Medicare supplement or prescription. There could be an opportunity around that. However, it all is built off of the fact that you should enroll in A and B if you work for an employer with less than 20 employees. Now let me caveat one thing on that is that if you work for a company that has 20 employees or less, but they own four or five other companies with 20 people, know that that aggregate of say 100 or 120 employees would move you into the second column here. That is, if your employer has over 20 employees, this is what creates that special enrollment period where technically you don't have to do anything when you turn 65. You don't have to get A and you don't have to get B. Now, I'll just have a quick conversation. If you work for a large employer and you're going to stay working for them where your health insurance is considered your primary payer of claims, you can consider enrolling in Part A as a secondary payer for these reasons. It costs you zero premium if you work for the 10 years or 40 quarters. It will provide secondary benefits for the hospital benefits that we talked about. So if you went in the hospital, your health insurance would pay first, your Medicare Part A would be billed second in a sense, and it would offset hopefully some of the costs that you may be liable for. The only time you would not enroll in any Medicare when working past 65 is if you have an HSA account. If you personally are funding an HSA account, you can have no parts of Medicare and continue to fund that, that HSA account and receive the tax deductions. Once you go on any part of Medicare, A, B, A and B, you cannot fund your HSA at all. The last comment on working past 65, which is very, very relevant, is that if you are laid off, furloughed, um, you're just offered a buyout, whatever your scenario is, and they offer you COBRA, understand COBRA cannot act as that primary payer the same way it did when you were actively working for that employer. The minute you go on COBRA, Medicare sees COBRA as only a secondary payer, and that when you're offered COBRA, you should immediately get A and B, or B if you already had A, as soon as possible. Because if you fail to do that, there's an opportunity where if you had a medical claim under Part B, say you didn't have it, that COBRA would only pay secondary and you would be responsible as the primary payer for medical bills. Not a very enviable situation. If you do work past 65 and create a special enrollment period, you actually get eight months to enroll in A and B. So assuming if you didn't have A or B, you got eight months to do that. And in that same eight-month window, once you secured A and B, you could buy a Medigap. So that's really straightforward. The confusing part is if you lost your health and benefits or retired, you only have 63 days to get Part C and 63 days to get Part D. Now, for Part D, you would only need Part A to get Part D or Part B only or both. But for Part C, if you felt like you were going to do that, you would need A and B. So why do I emphasize this real quick? You lost your job, retired, got furloughed, say on July 1st, just yesterday, you would have to only 63 days to get B and enroll in Medicare Part C. So again, we could talk about this more at our next webinar, but for now, understand working past 65 can be done. You can delay enrollment, but you want to make sure that you create a special enrollment period and that if you do create the SEP, that the rules are a little different than your initial enrollment. So to kind of tie this all together here, 
summarize important things. Again, I can't overemphasize. Know your IEP. I, I just cannot overemphasize that. Again, to summarize, if you're receiving Social Security or railroad benefits, you will automatically get A and B three months prior to turning 65. For the rest of us, which is approximately 43% um, of the country that aren't on Medicare or Social Security at 65, you have to take an active role in enrolling in your benefits. Um, understand the differences, original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. We highlighted that. Um, we can talk more about that. If you want to set up an appointment or attend another webinar, we can take questions as well today. Uh, if you work past 65, make sure that you create a special enrollment period. Make sure you pay attention to your employer size. If under 20 people, know that you have to go on Medicare A and B because that will be considered your primary payer claims. And lastly, I didn't go long into this, but once you become a Medicare beneficiary or even pre-Medicare, if you're working with us or anyone else, make sure you ask a lot of questions. What we find is every person's situation with Medicare is different. How we all consume healthcare is different. Our medical needs, how we go about resolving them are different. Make sure you're asking questions. Important question to ask are, do my providers participate with Medicare? Do my providers pr participate with certain Medicare Advantage plans? How are my drugs covered under certain plans? These are very important questions. Is my pharmacy what's called a preferred pharmacy? So my final thoughts here, which tie into it again, we know that Medicare can be confusing. Again, you've probably heard it, a consistent theme here of make sure that you start early so you avoid the penalties and also delays in enrollment or delays in coverage, however you want to look at it. Again, I just mentioned Medicare is an individual decision. Let me just dig deeper here real quick. You and your spouse can make two completely different elections into Medicare. One can go on original Medicare with a supplement and a prescription, and the other one can go on Medicare Advantage. You're not tied like you are with employer health insurance, where you and your spouse are obviously on the same policy if you're enrolled through an employer. Again, you want to select the policies that work best for you medically and financially. You want to uh, obviously select the plan that is built around that. And then, again, do your research. There are a number of plans available in everyone's communities, whether Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage, prescription plans. Make sure you do your research. Uh, that's where we can help you out. Again, we don't charge anything for our services. We're an independent agency that can provide you extensive research on various companies and options to make sure that you find the plan or plans that best fit your needs. Um, you can schedule those appointments with us by calling us at our office, 703-214-4600. I'll just give you real quick for some of you to wrap this up if you want to do some of your own individual research. Um, SSA.gov is where you would go to start your application process. So if you're new to Medicare, you're not getting Social Security, you want to set up an SSA.gov account, it will be required to do an online application. Um, you also can call them. Medicare.gov is a great resource to learn about Medicare. Mm -hmm. It will provide you extensive information on Medicare. Um, there are other websites called like www.medicare.gov slash physician compare that will help you find doctors. So we can help you with that. A Medicare app, there's an app if you have a smartphone, uh, Droid or Apple that you can download. That app will let you know what's covered. So if you're sitting at your home and you want to know if a procedure or something is covered, you can just type it right into your smartphone app and it'll give you the answer. Uh, lastly, our website, medicareportal.org, is a fully educational website. It's not a sales or any type of uh, co commerce. 
We want to educate you on Medicare. We have some great tools. We have checklists and other things that you can download to make sure that you stay on time with your Medicare benefits. Lastly, if you are turning 65 or have worked past 65, every year Medicare will send you a Medicare and You book. This is their book that educates you on all aspects of Medicare. And then there's also a book that if you can't find it, we can send it to you on PDF called Choosing a Medigap Plan that will discuss specifically how to go about selecting a Medigap plan. Wow, John. That is a lot to digest. Uh, we have quite a few questions, so let's get into them. First question, if I don't take any medications, do I need to still enroll in Part D? Yep. So the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, highly recommended that you should. Again, even though you're not on medications, if you don't join the plan when Medicare deems you should have, you will face that lifetime penalty. Okay. Great question. Yep, here we go. Another question. Can I appeal the IRMA payments for yep, B and D? Yep, so I mentioned that earlier. It is a two-year look back, so a simple example. Two years, uh, okay. If I, if I was making 100 grand two years ago because I was active at work for you know a company, but today my income is a Social Security check with along with some other you know annuity payments or something, and I make 50 grand, the, the government, if they didn't catch that, I can appeal that. Okay, very good. Um, another person has asked a question. If I go on original Medicare, how can I get dental, vision, and hearing benefits? Yeah, great question. So as alluded to, Medicare Advantage can leverage your benefits. Well, you can leverage your benefits by enrolling in their plans and add dental, vision, and hearing. Under original Medicare, because they won't cover your basic dental or even advanced dental, uh, hearing, uh, exams, glasses, contacts, um, and then... Um, hearing aids, things like that aren't covered under original Medicare, you can buy a standalone plan for dental, a standalone vision, and a standalone hearing type plan to resolve those benefits. Okay. Uh, two other questions have just come in. Hold on for a second, please. Uh, if I travel a lot, how does Medicare and Medicare Advantage cover me? Yep, perfect. So the answer is Medicare is a domestic United States program. So anywhere in the 50 United States and the district, you can access care through Medicare providers if you're on original Medicare. By enrolling in a supplement, the supplement company's kind of standard will provide $50,000 of lifetime travel insurance in a sense. So if you're outside of America and you have some medical claims, they will pay up to $50,000 in your lifetime towards those costs of care. There is a $250 deductible per claim, and it's a split 80-20 cost where you would pay 20%. So that's under original Medicare. Medicare Advantage would cover you for emergencies anywhere in the world. So if you had any kind of medical emergency, that, was, that would be covered under Medicare Advantage. There's no dollar amount. They would just cover medical emergencies. They would. Okay. Uh, last question. Are all Medicare Advantage plans HMO? What if I have a non-network doctor? Yep. So at the core... Uh, all the Medicare Advantage providers will have an HMO product. They just okay. offer out um, whether they have referrals or not within that network. At the core, they're all going to offer an HMO product. What we've seen in the last few years is the uh, introduction of PPO products. And for those that have a PPO today, they understand there's a network of doctors, but the plan will provide some out-of-network benefits. So they give you that flexibility. So to answer this specific question, you could see your in-network doctors under a PPO. Assuming your doctor takes Medicare, 
then under their added network benefit, they would provide benefits to see that doctor, even though they're a non-network doctor. The real challenge in that, and I'll just summarize it, is if you have a doctor that doesn't accept Medicare at all, you would not have any benefits under the PPO out of network because they just wouldn't, there's nothing to pay on. I can leave it at that. Okay. Very good. Questions. Very good. Well, John, uh, once again, a lot of information to take in. So I imagine people need to be talking to you. So how can they get a hold of you? Yep. So I mentioned early, just quickly, uh, we're local here in Tyson's Corners, our main office, but we do cover the, you know, the DMV into West Virginia. Um, so you can contact us here locally at our office. The number's there, 214-4600. Uh, my cell phone's on there as well. We're very accessible. Uh, my email is john at medicareportal.org. And then again, our website is medicareportal.org. You can reach us through there. There's a chat box as well as this contact information's out there as well. Okay. Well, once again, John, thank you so much for your time. Now, we have a, another webinar set up. Um, it's going to be on Working Past 65, so I know we touched on it, but we're going to do a much deeper dive um, yep. into our next webinar, and we'll, we'll get some more information out there for that. So uh, thank you once again, John. Um, that's all we have for today. My name is Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.